Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. So happy you decided to join us. Before we jump in today, I'd like, first of all, if you're liking these podcasts, if you like this one or the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or the Funnel Down Defense Podcast, if you like any of those, go over and check them out. Leave a five-star review. Um, we love sending them out to the world. It's one of the one of my passions in the world is kind of share this game. Um, but before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout-out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish the number one shooting machine on the market. It's easy to set up. It's got great customer service, and they are always on the cutting edge of giving players and coaches what they need. And that's why I love them. They not only give stuff away, if you go over and look at Dr. Dish, is always giving stuff away and sharing the, with the community. Um, and that's why I want to share them with you. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $400 off. That's right, $400 off. Also, go over... And check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. 14-day free trial. No one else does that. No one else gets the cell phone number and, and the email for the runner. No one else is being run by a high school coach for a high school coach. This is what, what I do. This is what I do. I'm not running this other thing. I'm not a businessman. I'm a high school basketball coach trying to help you become a better basketball coach. And to be honest with you, I've done I've done pretty well in my career, and I'd like to share that with other coaches. So go over and check it out, and let's head off to the podcast. It's, oh, it's I bet. And it's like the, the thing is that what I say too is like people want aspirin, they don't want vitamins. Like you got to solve a problem. Absolutely, literally. Say, like yeah, whoever, we, invented the, is, whoever invented the post its, I love you <laughs> yeah. because you solve. I mean, the, what I tell my students too when we talk about this in my stats class, they said the paperclip isn't that old. And they go, what do you mean? I said, the paper clip's like 100 years old. Someone came up with a paper clip. Like, yeah. you think it's been here forever. It hasn't been. Like, yeah. you know, these things are solutions to people's problems. That's right. Um, what we, we say is, where do you hear your neighbors complaining? That's, there's an opportunity for a business there. Right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like so crazy. It's like my yeah. brother taught me that so well. But that sounds like, I mean, I love the leadership aspect of it for coaches and um 
So do you have a website? Do you have that before? I got some basketball questions specifically. Sure. You have a website or what? I do. So I just started it and I've actually, you're getting, I've never announced this website before right now. Okay. So, so this won't, this uh, is not going out. That's, I didn't, I, did, I figured that was the case. That, it's it's probably case. months. It's probably months. Okay. Well, it will be out by then. It will okay. be out by then. But okay. my website is TCD. That's the letters TCD. It stands for trust, commit to like tcdteams.com. And basically all the website is, is all of my contact information, ways for, for people to contact me if they want any help doing this on their high school teams or in their classrooms. And then it's basically a collection of my ideas on leadership. And so it's basically kind of, uh, it's just a souped up blog. It's a blog that looks pretty nice. That's, it's my own website and you can, you can contact me. Through and the is, website and is the stuff that you just put on Twitter on there? Uh, so some of it is, yeah. So the, what's okay. on the website is pretty much just dedicated to leadership. It's not, it's less of like X's and O's coaching, stuff like that. Okay. But it's, it's really just kind of the things that I've learned from doing this leadership program and how I use them in my basketball program. It's specifically that, but I haven't, you know, I, I might, who knows, depending on how people, people have responded so strongly to that Twitter thread the other day that maybe, maybe I will kind of mold it into both the X's and O's, you know, offensive defensive identity and leadership all together but at first I had just imagined it'd be kind of leadership focused just because again mainly who I work with are teachers I'm trying to take work that I already do with teachers and translate it into coaches but um okay so yeah. we won't dive into it right now I've got some ideas for you yeah we'll okay it. we'll do awesome. it off the air I love it um I love it because I've been running yeah anyway I'm like Mr. Side Business Guy trust me so we'll talk afterwards I've got some ideas for you Great. um okay so because I'm not going to bore all the listeners. You guys don't care about that. <laughs> if you do go listen to teacher side gig, that's one of my other podcasts. Okay, Marvel cool. High school hoops. I'll do, I'll do a plug right now for my other podcast. Cause I do 10 podcasts a week. That's how crazy, crazy. That's it is awesome. crazy. Um, all right. If, um, coaching philosophy, give me your coaching philosophy in a paragraph. Okay. Um, coaching philosophy in a paragraph is, um, I'll give you my vision statement. Um, my vision statement is that I hope to come alongside families to help uh, young women discover who God made them to be. That's my vision statement. And for me, I've, my mission statement from my vision statement, my coaching philosophy is that for me, I found that the most effective way to be able to do that is as a coach. Um, and so that's why I coach, uh, basketball. If you want to get more specifically kind of into the basketball side of things, um, I think that my job as a coach, I think the measure of any leader is how they develop other leaders, is how they develop leadership in others. So my job as a coach, I feel like, is to take every single one of my players and develop them as leaders primarily. Um, and I think a lot of coaches hear that and they might think that, okay, you know, their pra his practices are probably rah-rah. No, we, we do practices just like any other coach, you know. Um, but it's the culture and the environment that you create. You, you, I'm sure you know that in the classroom. I think the primary responsibility we have as a coach, other than knowing yourself first, um, is to create an environment where those things can happen, where, where young men and young women feel like they can be their best. Um, and that requires, I think, again, there's a bias when people hear that, that it's all love and it's all, you know, it's what I would call high support. Um, but no, I think high challenge and being challenging and having high expectations of players is, is just as important in helping them discover who they were, um, who they should be or who they're meant to be, um, just as much as, you know, telling them that you believe in them. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, and the yeah. thing is, I hate when people say 
we don't have any leaders. Well, you haven't taught them how to lead. Like, 100%. Yep. <laughs> it just irritates me to no end. It's like you can't expect them to know. They're, they're 17 years old. They don't, how do you expect them to know? Yeah, I, I generally push back against any of the rhetoric that is always like, oh, young people these days, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's, I, I think it's every generation has said that about the younger generation. And that usually points more to the older generation yeah. than it does the younger one. Yeah. Well, and I, and, I, and I tell my son this, I said, leaders not only worry about themselves, they worry about others. You know, that's such a big part of it. And it's like, and how does, and then how does that correlate to other things? And um, what, um, What's the hardest thing to teach in the, as a basketball coach? What do you think the hardest skill to teach is? So I'll, I'll actually go from, a, you know, again, I'm teaching girls who most of them, when they come into our program in middle school, have never played a sport before, not just basketball, but a sport. Um, and for me, the, the skill that I have the hardest time with is just, I would say, general coordination. But the way that it plays itself out the most for us is with ball handling, um, where, you know, there's a lot of, there's, you know, it's kind of like, there's this idea that, you know, if you just work on it long enough, you will get to the point where you're a good ball handler. Um, but that may be true. But when you're starting with players who have never worked on their coordination before, getting them to the point where they're coordinated enough and good enough ball handlers by the time they're in high school to be high school basketball players is really, really, really hard, really difficult. And it's the biggest problem that I see in my program. Now I'm working with, obviously a, a lot different caliber of an athlete than a lot of the coaches even I see on Twitter or a lot of coaches who, you know, don't necessarily might not have to worry about teaching a player sport, the idea of sport in the first right. place, but that's definitely the hardest thing. My I, guys over dribble. Like I'd get them to stop dribbling. Like, yeah. It's yep. like, you're, you're, you're not LeBron. Stop dribbling so much. Yes. Um, do you have a coaching success or failure that a, another coach who's listening to this could dive into? Oh, 100%. My, okay. my coaching career, um, I coached in North Carolina for one year. And we took a team that was 10 and 14 the year prior. And um, that next year, we went 19 and 7, went, uh, won the conference for the first time in school history, went to the state tournament for the first time in school history um and won a state tournament game for the first time in school history and i went from that to being a head coach uh here in the greater atlanta area as 23 years old and was convinced that um wherever i went was going to be successful and three years later i went winless oh and 26 uh it was a series of very very unfortunate events um we had you know Basically, it doesn't really matter what the circumstances were, but just, you know, we had girls that were asked to leave the school um, and we had players that left the school and all of these things that I felt like I had worked towards and spent hours and hours and hours in developing our program just in like a couple of decisions. It was all gone. Boom. And we went from basically a steady climb and wins to this was going to be the year that um, we were going to see success and this is the year that it was finally going to kind of translate and everyone was excited. The community was excited. And, um, just like that, it all disappeared and going from, you know, finally this being the year to having a winless season was career defining for me. Uh, and I'm just as competitive as anybody out there. Um, and it really, really forced me to completely recalibrate what success meant. A lot of coaches talk about that all the time. 
And, uh, but I had to do it. You know, I, I said it too. I, I talked about defining success by, by the process and not, you know, goals and not the end result and yada, yada. I said all that stuff before that too. Well, Hey, going winless really forces you to think that way. And so that's <laughs> really, had, when we all had those at some point, the, the streak, we refer to it as a streak. It's like, when you're in it, it's, it's a dark time. If you're competitive, it was, it's a dark time. Absolutely. And I've never <laughs> struck, you know, the way that I'm wired, uh, because I, I feel like I'm a natural learner, I, you know, just honestly, I'd never really struggled with any form of self-doubt before. That may, maybe just tells you how prideful I can be at times. But and I just massive seasons of self-doubt and wondering if, you know, I, why was I doing this? And it really forced me to answer a lot of those bigger questions. And just now, from then, I've completely reframed why I'm doing what I'm doing and what matters to me. And, um, and you know what, I, we won three games the next year. Um, and, and then this past year, we actually saw a little bit more success and that, that next season and the season after were the, it was the most fun it had ever been for me to walk into the gym because I knew exactly why I was walking into the gym and what my purpose was. And it was two of the most fulfilling years of my coaching career because I had you know, gotten that opportunity to really have to evaluate what matters to me um, and why it matters to me. Oops, I'm on mute here. Um, I was <laughs> trying not, I was shuffling papers and trying not to interrupt you. Um, no, you're good. If you could talk, oops, I'm going to save that one. Okay, I'm going to do my rapid fire next. Um, cool. So quick questions. Uh, they can be, mm -hmm. they don't have to necessarily be quick answers, but um, they tend to be shorter ones. What's your, the first one is what's your favorite brand of basketball, the actual ball you play with? Oh man. Um, I got to say, I really like these new Wilson Evos that we playing with down here in Georgia, because for me, I didn't like the waves personally, because I felt like they were very inconsistent from ball to ball. Whereas these Evos, I feel like they're actually, you know, people could talk about the color. I like the feel of them. And I just like for my own players, I like, how consistent they are from ball to ball. Each ball feels relatively the same if you get that PSI right. So um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I like – I probably have a bias towards the rock because that's what we played with when I was in high school. Um, but I would say right now, I, I, I like the new ball. I like the Wilson Evo. Yeah, they're getting – it's getting more votes. Um, do you have a superstition? No, I'm not superstitious at all. I'm an evidence-based guy. I'm, 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 I kind of look at – uh, I, I'm a researcher at heart and, and at mind, so I tend to kind of uh, push back against superstitions. Okay. okay. Yeah. I have ritual. I, I should reword that question. I said, do you have a ritual? Do you have something you um, do for every game? Because superstition has literally a connotation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not superstitious absolutely. in yeah, the sense that right, if right, I put right. my left shoe on before my right shoe, we're going to lose. But I am, I am, I do have rituals. You know, like, yeah. like, like it's getting me ready, like putting your uniform on is a ritual. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have rituals. rituals. Yeah. I have rituals. I would say my rituals mostly are the night before a game than they are on game day in terms okay. of my process of preparing, but just the way I watch film, the notes I take and how I kind of process those notes and get ready. Definitely do the same thing every game. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write myself a note. I'm going to change that question because everyone always kind of like, the superstition, like, hey. I, the word yeah. has a meaning and it's like, I got to, I got to, um, and I've asked that question for years, but I think ritual might be better. Uh, one word to describe your ideal player. Oh, skilled. Okay. 
Yep. Um, if you go to one sporting event in the world, what would you go to and why? Oh, man. You know, this is probably an answer you probably haven't gotten a lot. I would love to go to the Australian Rules Football Final uh, because I don't know if anybody's familiar with Aussie Rules Football. It's huge down there. I don't really know much about it except that I know that it's like this thing that in Australia is huge, and I would love to go visit Australia. So I'd say the women's Final Four – uh, NCAA Final Four is probably up there, but something that's kind of a little out of the box. I'd love to go see that Aussie Rules Final. That'd be pretty cool. Yep, no one said that. We've had Gaelic, Gaelic, Irish football. I Gaelic. There's okay. Yeah, one of those, but I've never had that one. Um, what's your favorite pregame meal? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, any pasta, any pasta, big, I love, uh, let's say, we'll say baked ziti. Okay. Um, one thing you do to relax. Read. I love reading. I, anything that I feel like I'm learning typically during basketball season. Yeah, there you go. Um, outside of the basketball realm is kind of where I, but I love reading, read all the time. So you're a lot younger than me. Yeah. Enjoy it because you can see all the books behind me and there's probably boxes and boxes in the basement. I can't, I can't do it as much as I used to because it makes me fall asleep. Like, yep. Yep. But I listen, I, Audible's like was, oh, yeah. Audible changed my life. Literally. Yeah, for like, sure. That and podcast. Cause I listen to, I can listen rather than sit and actually read. I love reading. I love the feel of paper. I love books, yep. but I just like, if it's like four o'clock in the afternoon, I'll just start. I feel like I'm 75 years old. Um, one coaching technique, one coaching technique you think is important. So I'll just stay on the leadership kind of kick. Um, one thing that I do is uh, one of the tools we use is something called a support challenge matrix. And it's, it can seem silly, but this is a really good way for me to stay um, intentional about the feedback I'm giving my players everybody's different. Every player is different. So their relationship to feedback is completely unique. So there's this tool that we use that basically helps me calibrate support or challenge. And so when I walk up to every player, the question I'm asking is what does this player need from me right now? Do they need support or challenge, which support and challenge are two words for basically, you know, encouragement versus critique, whatever, you know, truth you and harmony out, is what I use. Yeah, exactly. So you want truth so or you want harmony? Right, right, right. And so I literally envision that tool on their foreheads, which can kind of seem weird. But for me, I'm a natural challenger. And so my instinct is always my tendency is always to challenge to help someone become better. And so that's just my little intentional way of always making sure that, hey, let me provide what my player needs to perform at their best right now, because it's not always what I want to offer. Sometimes it's what they need to hear. So just that idea of always thinking about what does my player need for me right now? Support or challenge is a technique that I, I love that. I love that. Um, best basketball player you have seen in person. Okay. Uh, like at a game or played against or it doesn't well, matter. Best I, I basketball to, player you have seen in person. I mean, I, I, I'm a bias being a Davidson guy, but I got to go watch Steph play Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors play the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple of years ago in San Francisco. And that was incredible. Uh, so Check. that's yep. yeah. No, no, no argument here. Uh, best basketball player of all time. 
I think it's still got to be MJ. I think it's still got to be MJ. I think Le- I think LeBron is probably the most skilled player in the history of the game relative to his athleticism and size. But I think at this point it's still the, I you know a lot of people made this argument. I think that LeBron's biggest you know hit the thing that he has going for him in terms of the GOAT conversation is that he's been as good as he is for so long. No one's ever had a, had a peak of their career like he is still having. So we'll see. That could yeah, change. He spends now, millions of dollars on his body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think from the analytics standpoint, cause we're both math guys, I don't know how you argue with Michael's numbers. Like yeah. he never lost a game seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm a big, I totally, I'm like, you can't, I'm, a, I'm one of those, you can't compare eras, you know, because there's no way really for us to be able to envision how Michael would have played in today's game. Right. Know? And so I think it's unfair to hold that against guys in the past. So, I mean, I, know, I, it's personally, I put magic, I, I mean, magic and bird changed the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those two changed the way they changed the yeah. NBA. They changed the game. But anyway, Steph's I, doing that now. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean that whole three-point layup thing we were just talking about. Um, uh, one thing you would change about the game? I'm a huge NBA fan, so I will say that one thing that I would change about the – well, you know what, I would, I'll say this, this actually applies to all basketball. I would get rid of the charge. I think that the on-ball defender should still be able to take a charge, obviously. Um, but I think that help charges should go away. I think it's a dangerous play. I think it puts players at risk. Uh, I think that it doesn't really make sense at all with the way basketball has going. If you think about just the NBA, I'm a big NBA fan. You know, freedom of movement has been all of the rules that they've put in for the last however long have just been to, uh, to increase freedom of movement. And I think that the help, the second secondary defender taking a charge uh, needs to I, I don't know that I'll say it needs to go away I'll say that it's I don't like I don't think it re, any part of that reinforces a behavior that seems like it would benefit the game of basketball um, and it just seems like a dangerous play to me so I'll also say that I think that Americans uh, American players should start playing with a shot clock at 12 years old like the rest of the world does that's another change I'd like to see happen but I would say in terms of the game that ain't gonna I, happen I anytime soon I'm telling no, you it's that not one. it's not but because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially in today's world, um, and there's a whole that's a whole different discussion on the shot clock. Yeah, um, we just passed it here in Georgia, so three years, and we have the shot clock. I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah, it will be. It'll, it'll, I personally think it's going to make all high school games in Georgia similar. Yeah, it could, gonna, which isn't necessarily good for the game. Well, I I would disagree. Actually, I think that I think that it allows you an opportunity. Out just for us, I believe in the pack line. Okay. Again, we're a, we're a school that does most of, you know, 19 out of 20 games were the less athletic team. So we have to play a bend don't break defense and the pack line works. But for us, we get punished for playing the pack line because there's no shot clock. Right. So teams can just pass the ball around the perimeter against us for a minute and a half to, so till we're worn out and then there's a breakdown or something like that. And so um, I think my argument would be then you can, you don't have to play the pack line. No, 100%. 100%. But if we don't, if we don't, it, our score differentials would go like this, yeah. not like this. No, I, yeah, I, so. I disagree. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's going to cause more possessions. Better teams going to win in more possessions. 
Yeah, and and that's. So I think I, the I think, also, I think the upsets. I think the I'm going to pull the ball out. I think the I'm going to take 35, 40 seconds off every possession, and you're not is going to go away. So therefore, but why is that a bad thing for the game? But but the analytics is I think that the better team is always going to win. Do you want yeah. always the better team to win? I I don't want to say that I want the better because because then there's no test match. But I think it well. I mean, think about it as a coach. I think that the better coaches will shine more under a shot clock than they would not. And coaches who are better at teaching the game to their players. And so for me, I believe I'm good at that and I want that to shine, but it doesn't because we don't have a shot clock. But I also think that I'm also afforded more opportunities to play different styles of defense than I am now. Now without a shot clock, every team really theoretically should press and try to force as many turnovers as they can. And when you have a shot clock, being able to throw a new look defense out for a possession here, a possession there, three-quarter court press, all of this stuff, I think are things that also could, you know, make an upset more likely to happen than before. So I think that the true tacticians of coaches in high school basketball will actually be able to take a team that maybe is not as better and actually help them upset maybe. more than they might. So You're the first person to actually make a valid argument on that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. So, Glad to hear I that. Mean, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not against it. I just think that what makes high school basketball unique, first of all, there should be one governing body. If you listen to my podcast, making, all, making the rules for basketball. Amen. That there are all these different rules is crazy to me. Another side note is we should get rid of the jump ball. I'm not sure why we throw the ball to start the game. It's just dumbest thing ever. Why do we do that? Anyway, stupid. I like that. Yeah. Yep. So that's mine. Get rid of the yeah. jump ball because there's horrible throwing it. Just give it to the visiting team. Oh, my team. gosh. Let's yes. go. Give it yeah. to the visiting team. Let's go. Sure. Yeah. Done. I like that. Alternating possession. We're all good. Yeah. Everyone will kind of know. But the, the only issue I'm having is I think what makes a lot of the college games look similar, right? A lot of the NBA games look similar in style. If you go to a lot of high school gyms, you see lots of different styles and sure. lots of different things. I think when the shot clock comes, which it's going to come, that's going to change. That's my only argument against it is I think there's something pure about, you know, if I try to pull the ball out for four minutes, bless me if I, you know. I, <laughs> but I just – see, I just don't think that's basketball. To me – but it is not yeah see i don't know maybe but why isn't it why isn't it like if if i I pull it out then you can come out and defend me no one's saying you have to play that two three zone and sit there and how often does that actually happen like those are outliers the ones you see on tv where it's 12 to 2 are outliers how many high school games are actually played it depends on the length of the shot clock first of all if it's 45 Mm -hmm. seconds 40 seconds not gonna really matter Yep. If it's 30, it's going to matter yep. because I'm going to 2-2-1 you yep. and then I'm probably going to zone you yep. and then I might switch. And I just think that's my only concern about it. I, yeah. I, again, not against it. Don't send me the knots. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I think everything you just said would work better under a shot clock in terms of game scheming against the other team to throw a 2-2-1 than this, than this um, would take if, – if I'm a team – if I'm a coach with a less talented team, that gives me more of an advantage to be able to do that with a shot clock than without, I would say. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I, it depends on length, too, because I just yeah. think there's going to be some really bad shots taken if it's a 30-second shot. Well, and that's to your point about college. I think that 
the reason everyone looks the same or a lot of teams look the same in college is actually a skill deficiency. It's not because of the shot clock. Like if you look at the top 10 teams every year, they're actually quite varied in the ways that they play. And then, but you have to, then the, what you have to do is you have to jump like the next 100 teams in the rankings and go find those mid-majors teams who really bought into a style like St. Mary's, like the Sims, who have like, you know what, this is going right. to be our identity. This is how we're going to Iona. And you find, you find a lot of variance there, but it, in the powers, in the, you know, the big power five conferences. Yeah. There's the top teams that play variance. And then everyone else I'm with you, they play, ugly boring basketball but that's i would say that's a skill deficiency not yeah maybe that's something but, that's but isn't the variance big off. isn't the standard deviation bigger in high yes. school basketball yeah, yeah no I, you're right 100 percent. yeah yeah it's Definitely. gonna i mean that's what i yeah when when teams aren't i yeah it would be inter- it would be interesting anyway don't get me started about yeah. the econ yeah. teacher running a shot clock it's not easy to run a shot clock <laughs> yeah. um yeah. you know we're dealing with we're we're dealing with heart, uh, the deficiency of officials as it is. Yeah. Now they oh got another thing to worry about. There was a push in our state to put the arc in for the charge. It's like, what are you talking? The officials have enough things to worry about. They don't have to worry yeah. about whether someone's in and they don't have instant replay. But yeah. anyway, yeah. literally, we could do seventeen podcasts. In we could again. Yeah, we could. really don't care that much. I think yeah. it's coming. I think yeah. this pandemic probably caused it to be pushed back a little bit because of the mm. finances. Yeah, no doubt. Um, because it's another person at your table and the Absolutely. shot clock. Yeah, their shot clocks, they're not cheap. Yeah, they're not cheap. No, but not even that. And that that now someone you can't keep this you can't keep the score and do the shot clock. It's gotta be a separate right. person yep. at the table. Yeah. Um but anyway, uh I told my AD I'll do it when I retire. I'll keep the shot clock if they there you ever go. get it. Nice. Um best game you've seen in person. I saw a triple overtime. It was unfortunately it was a loss, triple overtime loss uh, between Davidson and Western Carolina in the SoCon tournament when I was in college. That game was incredible, so I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. In the in the explore in the explore Asheville.com arena. Sorry, I was coughing there. Um, um, favorite quote or saying? Uh, my favorite quote is, "If they haven't learned it, you haven't taught it," which is a John Wooden quote, um, and I just think that. You know, that it, this is a lots of other coaches have talked about this, uh, but I think it's so true that if you have to say, I've told you a thousand times and then insert whatever, that's a problem with your teaching. It's not a problem with the player. And a lot of times we blame the player. So, yeah, we do. Um, one word to describe your coaching style can it be a hyphenated word? Yes, I'll say player centered, player centered. Okay, um, one book you'd recommend. Um, let me see. I don't even remember what I put. One book that I would recommend yeah, I would be Culture Code, Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Um, I, I think I love books on kind of culture and spe- especially books that are evidence-based. Um, I think that leadership books for the most part are not great because it's one or two good ideas hidden within 250 pages of fluff um, right. and just gave me the idea. Uh, but I think that Culture Code by Daniel Coyle really, it, it, when I read it, it helped me understand how to build an environment for my players to succeed better than probably uh, a lot of other books that I've read. So I'd say that one. Okay. Um, yeah. What would you tell your, if you last, this is the last question, what would you tell your younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self, don't act like you know it all. <laughs> you're, not, you're not as good as you think you are. 
Amen. I'm going to end with yeah. that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, coach. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like it. Um, go over and check out our other podcasts, High School Hoops, Teacher Side Gig. And then uh, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.